Welcome to the Stacking Slabs podcast. Join Brett to get the latest sports cards investment advice, hear from industry experts that are deep in the trenches, and find out when to turn left when the rest of the market is going right. Get eBay ready, get PayPal ready. Let's be students of the game and stack those slabs. What is up, everyone? Welcome back to Stacking Slabs, your hobby content alternative. I am your host, Brett McGrath. And I am here to talk to you about collecting sports cards. It is the escape of all escapes. It is time away from all the busyness that is going on in each and every one of our lives, whether it's personal, professional, whatever it may be. These sports cards help teleport us into another universe And that is what we're here always to talk about. The hobby is an escape. Let's enjoy it. Let's not sit back and be angry about it. Let's not point fingers. Let's not let any of it get us down. Let's all focus in on the things that bring us to the damn dance and make us happy. And that is collecting sports cards. How are you? I am doing great. I am recording this as I do most of these episodes on Sunday coming off the heels of yet again another home preseason game for my Indianapolis Colts. Preseason is done. We're going to have roster cuts. We're going to go through that. The media is going to be spinning up a lot of stories in the next two weeks trying to keep everyone's attention focused in on the big day and that is NFL kickoff. We have a banger before that. Thursday night football, Bills, Rams, let's freaking go. I'm sure there will be a lot of attention and a lot of eyeballs, people gambling their life savings away, people drafting, focusing in on fantasy football, people playing the whole investor sports card gimmick and buying these players, buying their cards, doing their thing, whatever way it goes for you in whichever possibility and flavor of NFL action you enjoy. We're here. We're ready to go. I will tell you, it was a special uh, preseason game. I, I was sitting there reflecting with my buddy and we were there and, but right before the game and I mentioned to him, man, it's crazy. Like I was sitting in these, this seat and I remember leaving right at the beginning of the fourth quarter. Um, few years ago. And when I got back home, I looked on my phone and saw Adam Schefter telling me that Andrew Luck had retired. And then I flip on the TV and the next thing you know, we have a press conference and you all know the rest. And so that, when I think about the last preseason game, is always burned into my brain. But I tried not to focus on that. I didn't want to have to wipe away any tears. We had Tom Brady in the building. That was cool. Actually taking some snaps with a little drive. So it was fun to see Tom Brady in the building when there were no stakes. So that was cool. Brady came to town last year, and I remember vividly saying, man, this is probably my last time I'm ever going to see this guy play live. Well, I was wrong. Got a little Tom Brady preseason action. Um, Team, Both teams look good. Everyone looked good. I think you know Colts and Buccaneers, optimistic fan bases, a lot. Could could go their way, I think, this season. Both have rosters with a full 
whole bunch of talent. But yeah, let's talk about just like players actually hitting the field for real soon. Okay, so we all been swept up in these narratives of these players playing and us thinking we should go spend money on their cards and preseason action. You know, that's over with. We get no more of that. We get the real deal. I think it's judgment day for the hyped guys. I think prices seem to always fall once again when they hit the field. It'll be interesting to see. Um, This is the momentum building period, and these prices go to the moon. And then when guys actually play the game, they typically don't live up to the expectations, so the prices of their cards go down. I'm rooting for these guys, the young guys. I just think it's really challenging to sustain the pressure that the hobby puts on them. I think So when I got back in the hobby, I wanted to get in the mix, and so I decided to throw all my money at Kyler Murray. I liked watching Kyler Murray play. It was, you know, pandemic. I was looking for another team to watch outside the Colts. And when I had bought his cards, when the season starts started, all the price of all of his cards went down. So what I did was I held all the cards and I was like, okay, I think I understand how this all works now. And I held his cards until the preseason, the hype train moved around for the next year and I sold them all. And I sold them all for a really good price. I was very, very happy. And so I think that was just an unlock for me. And again, like I don't want to be playing that game regularly. So I kind of washed my hands of it. And it reminded me of a quote that I would say Wentz got picked up a little bit of traction and steam from the community. Um, I hope you all enjoyed the episode with Adam McNanny on Friday. Got a lot of comments. I thought it was a really fun conversation. Adam is an awesome uh, hobby participant and a good guy um, to connect with if you're out there on Instagram. But he had a quote that a lot of people played back to me. And that's when you know something resonates is when someone else plays back those words. And his quote was, I don't want to have to care about guys that I don't want to care about. And he was saying that in reference to fantasy football, but then kind of pointed that into this whole um, hot potato prospecting game we we have. I think, you know, you a lot of people like the quote. I think got a ton of messages and reposts about it. I think it's kind of like, you know, it's one thing on the fantasy side because we're, you know, you, let's just say standard fantasy league, you're buying in for a hundred bucks, 12 people, 10 people, whatever. And, you know, we want our guys that we drafted to do well, but we don't really lose sleep over them having a bad game or not. Or maybe you do. And if you do, man, it's a long season. You probably should get, go talk to somebody because um, your players you draft aren't going to be um, lights out each and every week. That's just not how it works. But I think it changes a little bit when you think about sports cards because you're not spending $100 on a year of entertainment. You're spending thousands of dollars on every individual snap and every individual game and every individual moment. And that to me is stressful. Your guy throws an interception, your guy fumbles the ball, your guy loses, your guy's on a losing streak. Your guy's not going to make the playoffs. To me, that just doesn't sound like any fun. I think football is the super force where all of these things come together, whether it's collecting guys, you love prospecting guys, fantasy football, sports gambling, all of these things. And I think it's here. We're all freaking ready to go. We're all ready to put on our damn jerseys of our players. We're ready to go to the stadium. We're ready to be at home, get the chicken wings, get the burgers, the pizza, the nachos, the cold pops, all those things. 
ready to shut down our Sundays to focus in on red zone, focus in on what matters, and that's our team winning the damn game. And we all have these ancillary players that we like. Make sure you really, really like them if you're going to spend thousands of dollars because if they have a bad game, you shouldn't be thinking directly about the amount of money you're blowing on their sports cards because it likely will be a very unhappy season for you. The market goes up and you know what's going to happen? Chances are it's going to go right back down when these guys don't have a perfect quarterback rating or they don't score five touchdowns each and every damn week. Just pay attention. If you're in it deep, don't go crazy. Don't feel like you're going to jump off a building. Just take a deep breath because you know what? There's going to be a momentum build before next season. And if you can just hold those cards, you can sell them at that point. It's going to be okay. At the end of the day, let's watch some football, baby, because we all love it. And speaking of wacky and wild sales, Davis Mills has a 40K card. His black finite sold for $40,000. Davis freaking Mills, yo, playing against the Colts week one in Houston. Maybe the 40K Davis Mills hype train justification starts week one and I cry and I come on this podcast just in tears because Davis freaking Mills tore up the Colts and he's looked like, you know, Joe Montana out there. Maybe that happened. Maybe it does. Somebody believes it's going to. Or maybe someone believes it's going to and is going to get ready to um, you know, play hot potato with that card. I don't know what, but wow, that's a wild and wacky road. We're going to get more into conviction that we have and what we do to take the plunge on a card at the end, responses from the community. I'm going to bring up an example of a hobby box and just a mindset to think about that product and that hobby box in comparison to some of the hype that's going around now. And we're just going to get into it because there's a lot to talk about. So I'm going to be exiting the buffer week, college football kind of official kickoff. I know we had games this last week. Uh, I'm going to be going to Chicago, going to be going to AEW All Out. We have a fun weekend plan, going to All Out ever since it started. Got my best friend lives in Chicago. It's an easy trip. It's a getaway. When you're a working parent, it's very challenging to get away sometimes. I love being at home. I love hanging out with the fam. But this one will be nice. It'll be nice to get away and see some action. Um, Stuff is happening. Seems like there's a lot of movement in AEW right now. Punk mocks, punk dropping this title. What's going to happen? The main event isn't even solidified. It will be solidified. This evening, I hope, by the time this episode goes live. But I'm excited to jump back in, see some live professional wrestling. I was at Double or Nothing in Vegas, and now I'm going to All Out. You can call me an AEW groupie if you want. I just love professional wrestling. So I'm excited for that. And I decided to treat myself when I won a Kenny Omega high gloss out of 10. It was up for auction. Landed it for a reasonable price. It's a parallel I love out of the AEW upper deck set. I love the out of 10 because I'm not a sticker autograph guy. I don't want any of those stickers. I don't want any of that stuff. But I love the the rarity and scarcity around that high gloss out of 10. I was pissed off. I fell asleep at the wheel. It was like I was in the middle of my wife getting home from work and I was managing my daughter. We were probably swinging, swinging on the swings or eating some macaroni and cheese or watching Cocoa Melon or something. And I looked down and I saw the John Moxley high gloss. 
I just slept on it. It ended at an earlier hour. And I looked at the price. I was like, damn it. Like I would have went double that. And so when I knew the Omega was going at the same time, I was like, I'm getting the damn Omega. No one can stop me. Um, But if you're out there or you know someone who got that John Moxley, I'm willing to pay for it. Just get at me. You can follow me at Stacking Slabs across all those social channels. You know that already. And if they're not listening to the Stacking Slabs podcast, make sure you tell them. Tell a damn friend. We're going to spread this. It is a way to go. You're part of the party. You're part of the group. Just tell your friends. We'd love to have more of you. But I love professional wrestling, and I'm excited to go to Chicago, which I feel like is the number one wrestling city in America. I want to thank all of you and for everyone who not only the last couple of weeks took the time to share your damn super fractures off, but then you also the following week, last week, showed off your one of ones, showed off what cards you have in your PC that rule. I love that. So does everyone else. So many people are just like, let's see some freaking cards. Yes, we have Instagram. Let's not bitch and moan. Let's not try to make ourselves put ourselves over. There are so many people trying to put themselves over right now in the community. I don't care about you. I care about the damn cards. That's what we are here for. That is what is bringing the community together. We are collectors. Let's talk about our cards. Let's share our mail days. Let's do this. We don't care. I don't care about you. I don't care about where you're going, how great you think you are. I don't care about that. I care about the cards. And that is what I want to talk to everyone about. So let's get this going. It is a collector community. We're making the collector cool again. That's what we're doing. And that's what I love it. I'm getting involved in new group chats. I want to shout out the Colts Forge group chat. I want to thank my man at Jonathan Taylor Cards. What a handle trying to collect the the man, the myth, the legend. Excited to see him and his wheels once again. But yeah, I'm in this group new group chat with just Colts collectors. And it's so fun to see how different team collectors operate, what they're buying, what they're collecting, what they're selling, all of this stuff. So um, I referenced my Peyton Manning chat quite a bit on this podcast. I'm in this new one, Colts Forge shout out. I think it's Also, the benefit of that is that it allows you to talk about what's happening. What's happening at training camp? What about these injuries? What do you think we're going to do here? It's just fun. I love to align collecting and the passion you have around your team, your player. You got to have that North Star. You got to connect with other people. And that's why I love group chats. I think it's the best way to shrink the hobby. See, we we are infested by everyone's interests putting themselves over all these things and half of it, more than half of it, three fourths of it, maybe even 80, 90% of it, we don't even care about. But when you have a group chat, you shrink the hobby C and I think it's the best way to stay out of the vortex of the mainstream of the hobby. Get out of this vortex, get out of this stuff, people pushing the same gimmicks, people pushing the same shit. We're tired of it. So go off, go connect with your buddies in the group chat. You can talk about shit you care about and not all this other bullshit that's infesting our feeds on a regular basis. And I think a big reason why this rules is that you find people that are passionate about what you're passionate about. And this leads to not only cards and information on cards that you're after, but also relationships that you have. And I love that. And I want to quote one of my buddies, Joey, the E-Trader. I kind of, He put this out in our, a chat or, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to snap this. Shout out, Joey. I know you're a regular listener. I appreciate that. But he said something 
I've been talking a lot about the hype train. I've been talking a lot about prospecting, but he had a quote that I was like, this is damn good. And it really embodied everything that I think is true about prospecting. And his, he said this quote unquote, so I'm, I'm kind of airing this out, Joey, but I'm doing it to put you over because I think this is a very intelligent quote. He said, my opinion of prospecting hard is that everyone does it at some point of their collecting journey. I believe once you realize it's a losing battle long-term, you then pivot to what you love and just, or just leave the hobby completely. That quote resonated with me in a big way. Think I think about the prospecting I did when I jumped back in the hobby and just the L's I took along the way. And I could have just left, but I didn't want to leave. I was like, fuck it. Like, I don't need to do this. This sucks. Like, this sucks watching someone I don't care about play a game over and over. And it's too stressful. And instead of saying, like, fuck cards, I'm out of here, I said, you know what? Like, I'm just going to go collect the, the guys that I want to collect. And I've been doing that ever since. And it rules. Like I've literally met friends. I've made such strong connections. My PC kicks ass. I'm proud of it. And we should all feel that way. We should all feel that way. I think the people that listen to this show are collectors at heart. If you're listening to the show, there's something that I'm doing or saying and the people I'm bringing on and curating, it resonates. I think busy professionals, people who are dads, people who are husbands, and I don't, I don't want this to be stressful. I want to enjoy it. We all go through those evolutions. And I think the magic is when you actually want the cards and not just the cards that you're buying to go up. It's looking past that, it's looking past the gambling mentality. It's looking past the craps table approach that it is to doing sports cards. I think it's the connection with the past. It's also the connection with the presence. I have gone absolutely fucking nuts on my Matt Ryan collection. I had zero Matt Ryan cards when the Colts somehow landed Matt Ryan because of Deshaun Watson and all this other stuff. I got really excited, okay? And we know, you rewind the tape back a year, you know I did the same thing last the year before with Carson Wentz. I told myself after the Carson Wentz debacle, I would never do this again. But you know what? I couldn't help myself. And you know why I couldn't help myself? Because I love the Indianapolis Colts. And I love collecting Colts quarterbacks. It's my North Star. It's enhancing the hobby experience for me to go after something and connect with something that is my strongest connection with sports. And I think it has enhanced my hobby experience because I have met Falcons fans and other collectors of Matt Ryan, and they share their sentiment and validate me and do me doing what I'm doing. And it's, you know, it's about, you know, I think it's learning the stories. It's about connecting with people. And it's just this optimism that we have. And I think that's why I love collecting. I wanted to say, you know what? I'm all in. I'm, I'm not only on, I bought a Matt Ryan jersey when I was in the stadium. It's my guy right now. He's my guy because he plays for my team. He's on a Hall of Fame worthy career. And Jesus, I just love sports cards. And I think it's an opportunity to express that passion by getting your mail days, taking those photos of those cards, sharing stories about why you bought this car, those cards. And it connects you with not only sports, but it connects you with a bunch of other freaking people who might not collect what you like or collect your player of choice but they're collecting someone for a similar reason. And that's 
what it's all about. I'm freaking excited to bring my man, Chris SoCal.SportsCards10 on the podcast on Friday. I've just, we've had a bunch of interactions. He is a collector of collectors. He's got a bunch of fun, different ways. He kind of builds project, builds sets. And these are the people I'm looking to bring on the show. I am looking for people who have projects, people who are collecting with passion, people who are nice, people who I like to interact with. These are the people and their stories that I want to bring on this podcast. So excited for that. Um, So tune in on Friday for that. Um, And I was just thinking about this. I was thinking about just, I haven't talked about hobby boxes. I haven't talked about this in a while, but sometimes I just want to see. I want to see like, what are things going for? And I wondered, because I've been in such this groove talking about rookie quarterbacks or, you know, second year quarterbacks and everything that's invaded my feed, I wanted to see, okay, like, what does a 2021 prism football hobby go for right now? And so I just pulled up card ladder, went in sales history. The last one that had sold, sold for $1,500. I'm not talking about no huddle. I'm just talking about your standard hobby box pulled for $1,500. And then I went to eBay and saw one had like 20 bids with two days left that it was for $1,300. And so that'll probably go $1,500 market rate. And I'm like, man, that's still a lot for, that's a lot for a hobby box. So I thought to myself, okay, I said to myself, okay, what is my favorite year of Prism ever? My favorite year of Prism ever is 2014. So I love 2014 because I love the, the opaque background. I love how the player is brought to the front of the card. They're, I, the gold parallels in 2014 are just breathtaking. Just some of my favorite cards. And so I just thought, like, if I wasn't even thinking twice, if you told me, like, pick a pick a year, a prism, pick a hobby box to rip, I'm probably picking 2014. But that's probably not the mainstream, like, answer, and that's what you want to do because – if you look back on it now, like the rookie quarterbacks in 2014 weren't great. So let's think about this for a second. Okay, so in 2014, the top two rookie quarterbacks, yeah, you know what? Didn't really work out. You had Blake Bortle Service, 2014 first quarterback taken. And another guy that you might remember, he won the Heisman, um, Johnny Football, Johnny Manziel. Speaking of which, sidebar, Watch the Manti Teo documentary, um, both episodes on Friday with my wife. As a Notre Dame fan, his senior year was probably, even though we got absolutely just curb stomped, waxed in the national championship by Alabama, that year Teo was a beast. That's a watch. Go watch it. Go check it out. It's awesome. If you can't feel bad for him after that, you probably got something wrong with you. Anyways, 2014, Bortles Manziel. You're looking at that flash and you're like, you know what? Those aren't great rookies, okay? But then like if you peel back the onion a little bit, you say, okay, uh, what what are some other rookies in this set? So I did some homework and just digging through this. So you have Mike Evans, pretty special receiver, um, doing things. Getting, I think he's he caught 1,000 yards every season he's been in the league, which is it's I can't remember like never been done or it's been he's got like you know it's like Jerry Rice or something it's crazy he's he's kind of an unsung hero in a way he's like he's having a hell of a career Aaron Donald arguably the best defensive player in my lifetime Odell Beckham Jr. you all know him maybe not as sexy or as glamorous but Zach Martin one of the best 
offensive lineman in the league. Derek Carr, obviously. Teddy Bridgewater, okay. Maybe not the most glamorous name, but rookie in the set. Devontae Adams, arguably the best receiver. So you've arguably the best receiver with Devontae Adams and arguably the best defensive player of this generation in 2014. Jimmy G is another one. Then you've got Aaron Rodgers. You've got Brady. You've got Manning. Megatron, you know, Rivers, Big Ben, Russ. Come on. It's, it's, this, this box with these guys costs half the price of, you know, you're you going to chase a, you know, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, Trevor Lawrence, that whole thing. Okay. Davis Mills, maybe. Maybe you can go get a Davis Mills card. Uh, but you won't get his black finite because it's already been pulled. So don't count on that. But it, it just, I think about this and I think, to me, there's less risk when you're buying the 2014 because you already know how the rookies are. You already know how it it, it ends up. We, there's enough in front of you, but you're paying double for the uncertainty of what's ahead, and that's just interesting to me. And it just it it it, it just makes me think about just how the hobby and the hype works. And it's just another indication to say. Just, be careful. Don't get caught up in that. Sometimes you, if you have an itch for a rip, maybe it makes more sense to go 2014. You're paying half the cost, maybe less. And I think, you know, this is a QB-driven league, okay? But I also think the fact that when the players have already established themselves, we might need to reset ourselves and think a little bit different. I think Hall of Fame is Hall of Fame, regardless of position. Especially if a on players like, you know, Devontae Adams, Aaron Donald. There just needs to be a different outlook, I think, from the masses when it comes to non-quarterback positions. I'm telling you what, if I'm opening up that 2014 hobby box and I'm getting a gold Aaron Donald card, I'd much rather have that than any rookie quarterback gold. And that might be nuts to you, okay? Because you can quick flip it and all this other stuff. But I'm just saying from a collector perspective, I'd rather have one of the greatest players I've ever seen play is Gold Prism. That's just me. One of the most underappreciated segments in the hobby is non-quarterback Hall of Fame players. That's just, I think, I think it's, 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 these are areas where I'm spending a lot of time looking and investigating and research. I think sometimes you just need to take, zoom out, look at something like, okay, here's what the hobby box of Prism goes for now. Here's what my favorite year hobby box goes for. Now let me investigate the sets. Let me investigate the opportunity in players. And I just think the more we look into things and not just let things come at us on our feed and believe them or want to go do those things, the more enjoyable hobby experience that we're all going to have. I want to close out this episode by sharing some responses to a question I put out there. I am not ready to talk about it because... I don't have it in hand, but hopefully by the time I record next week, I will, which will be fun. But I am, I made a purchase. I bought a card that came into my periphery a few weeks ago, a month or so ago. I missed out on it. Well, it came back in my, my periphery and I knew I had to get it. But I knew I had to get it. I knew I missed out at once. Don't miss out on it again. Made some negotiation. 
went back and forth, ended up spending a decent amount of money on this card. But I'm excited to share with you when I get it in hand. But I was reflecting on that experience and I was asking myself, like, why did you do this? And I was trying to like go through the criteria of this buying decision, which once I get the card and I can talk about it, I'll explain even more. But it led me to ask the community, when you make a big decision on a purchase and taking a big plunge, what is the number one thing that you consider before you do that? So I'm going to read some of these responses and then we are going to go home happy. Here we go. Ginter Gold Fever. Great question. And I just mentioned this. And by the way, I'm looking at these for the first time. Ginter Gold Fever. Will I ever see this card again? Always a good question. And when I missed the first time, this card was a one of one. So chances were not good on my end. I feel like it was a rede- I was getting redemption by it being available again. Paper Street Sports Card. Upside slash floor. Risk Versus my love for watching the player with my boys. I love that. Carlson Cards. Can I afford this purchase? Very sound and reasonable. Will I reasonably have another chance to acquire this card? Two really good questions. I love that. Can I afford this card? Sometimes we get out over our skis and we're struggling to get back on them. So I think that's a good one. One card, one story. Do I want this card for the right reasons? I am feeling really good about the hobby with these first ones. My card's the hobby. Rarity. Aharm82. Can I find another anywhere else currently? These are good questions. Singapore Texan. Rarity. I don't give a fill. Can I look at it every day and like the way it looks no matter the monetary value? Just, these are touching my heartstrings. Wrestling Card Wizard. Does it bring me joy? The Real Joseph Roeder. Personal significance to me and seller reputation. Chrissy Buckets, what else other cards can I get with the same money? I do this all the time. I always ask myself that question. Love it, Chris. Hall of Fame Rookie Auto, scarcity of the item and public demand. Public demand is always something you should analyze. Midlife Crisis Cards, make sure it's a card I want to own regardless of whether I plan to sell it. Good perspective. Revolution Russ, what they have sold for before and the price that any others are available currently. Penguins Pirates, will I ever have the opportunity to buy this card again? We're getting some similar sentiment from the collecting community. Cards and Cardio, impact of their respective sports along with societal relevance. I Go check out Cards and Cardio's uh, page. I think you will see that on full force by looking through his uh, cards. It's awesome. Thank you, man. Spaceman Spiff 27 do I actually want to keep it if the price goes down? Simple and great question. Charm City Tim, when is the last time you'll have the opportunity to get this? Benor 14 Sports Card, where does this card fit within my PC? Continuity is key. Absolutely. Continuity is more and more important to me than ever before. Schwap cards, rarity slash population of card, a chance to own something very people, very few people have. Badger Pride 36. Will I still enjoy this card in a year? Double K cards. Likelihood I'll ever see it again and size of collector base for that set of player. These are good. Th- this is good stuff. Take out your notepad, everyone. These are good questions. Murphy Collections 44. If it's a card that I will want to hold for a long time, one of the last cards to go. Wolverine Collector 80. If I truly want it and if I can afford 
it after my bills are paid. Financial responsibility, man. Investor's hobby, career accomplishments, two chin. I might be sleeping on the couch for a while. <laughs> Vol NC cards, passion for the card, store of value, potential risk. Flipping hoops. If it's a card I need that rarely pops up or if it's one of my grail cards. Doc collects cards. Not necessarily, not necessarily will the card's value increase in the future, but do I ever see it decreasing? I like that. Drake's PC. Will I, will I likely ever have an opportunity to acquire this card again at the price in the future? LSU Tiger Collector 65. Will my wife divorce me after my purchase? I, there are, uh, me, myself, and our funds. That's the way to go. I'm telling you right now. Or, uh, I, me, I think I wanted to say me, myself, and Irene. His, hers, and ours. That's what I meant to say. Those, that's the good approach. I'm telling you all, all you card degenerate out there, have your own little stash. Mostly 90s basketball cards, a card that brings me joy and isn't overpriced. 740 Smiths cards. Will my kids think it's cool in 40 years when it becomes theirs slash historical importance? Bear down, boiler up. Am I okay keeping the card if it significantly, if it significantly goes down in value? That's so critical. Modest card collection. How long ago was its last sale and when do I think I will see it again? Let's close it out with a man and a quote I referenced. My man, Joey, the E-Trader. How long would it take to find the same card again? All good questions, all things we should consider when taking the plunge and buying some sports cards for a lot of money. Money that What's a lot of money to someone else might be not be a lot of money to us. What's a lot of money to us might not be a lot of money to someone else. Who cares? Let's sit back. Let's buy some sports cards. Let's make sure at the end of the day, we're happy about what we're doing it. We're doing it for ourselves and not anyone else. If you like what you heard, follow, subscribe, tell a damn friend, Stacking Slabs podcast for life. We got some more coming at you on Friday. Take care of yourself. Talk to you soon.